everybody's looking for the key to success to help them grow, to become more successful. You're not going to find it in a sales book. You're not going to find it in a marketing book, a book on competitive advantage, a book on strategy, a book on innovation. No, it's going to be an understanding how to build mental toughness, resiliency. That's what you need. That it's a set up, not a set back. Because I refuse to allow a negative circumstance to dictate my life. You think it's actually going to work out that way. <laughs> Here's the thing that you don't understand. Is that it's never going to beat me down. It's never going to defeat me. I'm never going to allow this to beat me. Because life doesn't happen to me. It happens for me. There are demons all around us. Demons in the form of fear. Anxiety, guilt, depression, sadness, bullying, learned helplessness, negativity. And if we allow these demons to control us, we will only continue to lose the battle on mental health. It's time for us to cut the crap from our lives and go on offense against these demons by building mental toughness and resiliency. That's why you're here. My name is Ryan Caligiuri, and welcome to the Cut the Crap Show. Alright, what is going on everybody? Thank you so much for joining yours truly, Ryan Caligiuri, on this week's episode of the Cut the Crap Show, where every single week I'm reading the book, condensing that book down, it's core golden nuggets, and every single week all I'm trying to do is save you some time, bring you some information that can spark change in your life, I'm trying to help you build resilience and help you create your eight. Now some of you are wondering maybe what create your eight is all about, and if you don't know what it's about, then I'll tell you to go and listen to... What episode was that? That was episode 147 of the Cut the Crap Show, February 4th, where I introduced Create Your Eight. It's a very simple concept, a very simple method that I created, and I'm having so much fun working with so many different people on helping them create their eight every single day. Help them fight stress. Help them fight anxiety. Help them achieve goals that maybe they didn't think were possible. Help them weather the storm of the challenges, the stressors, the problems they're having. Help them get back to living their most enthusiastic, most optimistic, most positive life possible. I'm having a blast doing it. And if it's something that you're interested in, then please just send me an email through the website. Let me know if you're interested. If you want to talk to me about it, I'd be happy to talk to you about it. But just a few shout outs. You know, it's, I don't do this enough. I really don't do this enough. I get so many people who contact me and they, they thank me for, for the work that I'm doing on the show. And I've got to tell you, it just means so much to me. And for everyone that I write back, and I try to write back as many as possible, for everybody that I write back, you know how much uh, I appreciate it. You know how much it means to me. So just a few shout-outs. You know, first off, shout-out to my man, Matt Devitt. Matt Devitt, man that's absolutely killing it. He's focusing on creating his eight every single day. Absolutely love it. Michael Morris. Michael, thank you so much for reaching out to me this week, and I'm happy to be starting to work with you on helping you create your eight an absolute blast. Thank you so much to uh, Paul Schatz. Paul, thank you so much for the quick message on the website the other day. It really means a lot to me. Who else we got here? Man, we got somebody from my own backyard, Peter Boylo. Peter, thank you so much for reaching out, man. I got to tell you, I'm going to reach out to you in the next little while. I got your email. I read it. I just haven't had a chance to respond yet, but don't worry. I'm going to be responding back. Uh, thank you to Tracy from China. Really appreciate that. Oh, got to shout out my man, Curtis, from Australia. Curtis, hope you're doing well, my man. Uh, you know, it's just so many people here. It's unbelievable. I just, I get overwhelmed with how many folks reach out to me. Troy, 
Troy from uh, Costa Rica. Thank you so much. Of course, I got to shout out my man, Dave Sainty. Sainty, what's going on? Mrs. Sainty, what's going on? Of course, Sarah, my, uh, my, my good friends out in the UK there. Anyways, there's so many different people that reach out to me on a regular basis and uh, tell me how much they love the show. And uh, it truly means a lot to me. And the reason why I'm saying that too is because it means a lot to me. Oh, you know what? It's funny. I always got to, like, I got to shout out my girl here. Hold on a second. Jayhan, Jayhan, come on. Thank you so much to all of you folks who, who reach out to me. Um, those are just a small little handful, but continue to reach out. I'll give these, these fan shout outs at the beginning of every, every show because uh, it truly means a lot to me. And I just want to give it back and let you know that I'm listening, that I hear it and that I, I appreciate it. But um, I didn't have a podcast this past week because uh, I ended up hurting my back. My back's been hurting quite a bit over the past two months, and uh, it's been been kind of an issue where it's tough for me to stand up straight. You know, uh, I wake up in the morning and I have this this just pain that radiates from my hip or from my back into my hip, into my, my quad, all the way down to my shin. I'm telling you, it's painful. And if I didn't fight for like actual like full contact fighting, if I wasn't a full contact fighter for 12 to 15 years of my life, this pain would probably just beat the heck out of me. But because I'm used to dealing with some pain, I'm able to kind of weather it through. But I just kind of like toughed it out, you know, kind of like rubbed dirt on it and moved on. But now I'm getting some physio for it. And uh, this past week was really, really tough. The pain was really, really bad. And I ended up canceling a whole bunch of my meetings because uh, I was just having some issues with it. And uh, But now I'm getting back to health. I'm focusing on really just doubling down on physio, removing the pain, and really just getting myself back to where I was before. So uh, it's just a slow process, but we all go through our different challenges. Again, it's not a setback, it's a set up. This is now teaching, well, here you go. I'll, I'll share it with you right now. You say, how is this back pain a setup, Ryan? It's a pain in the ass. It's slowing you down. It's hurting you. It's, it's, it's causing you pain. It's making you frustrated. Yeah, if I focus on that. But that's not what I'm doing. I'm not looking at it from a negative perspective. I'm looking at it from a positive perspective, a practical positivity, not just, oh, you know, I'm in pain, but man, I'm loving life. Like that doesn't make sense. Deal with the pain. So the setup from this is that I'm learning more about my body. I'm learning to take better care of my body through new stretches. I didn't stretch that much. Yes, I work out a lot, but I didn't stretch. So now I'm appreciating yoga. I'm appreciating stretching. I'm learning more about my body through physiotherapy, through different stretching, which, which stretches activate certain muscles, which, uh, which uh, stretches impact certain parts of my back. I'm getting smarter. But another big thing here is that I learned how much pain can actually impact someone's ability to create their ape. I always say the first thoughts you think, the first action you take first thing in the morning, you start off at a five. First action you take, first thought you think will either drop you down or bring you up. What happens if you wake up in the morning and you're in excruciating pain? First thought that comes to your mind is, my God, why am I hurting so bad? Or this pain sucks. Immediately, as soon as you get out of bed, if you're feeling pain, you're dropping down to a four. And I couldn't appreciate that before until now. And so now I understand the importance of health, the importance of pain. And if, if any of my clients are going through pain, that's step one. How do we reduce the pain? Because if you're in constant pain, it's going to make it hard for you to create your aid every day. So there's a lot of positive things I take from this. But again, I just want to say thank you to every single one of you. When I put that message out there on um, on Instagram, so many of you responded back with, with DMs, with text messages, with emails, phone calls. And it truly means a lot to me. So thank you so much for caring. And uh, thank you so much for your support. That... <laughs> this community means everything to me. It really does. The community that we're forming, the friendships I'm forming with all of you, 
that's what this whole damn thing is about. I'm just so grateful for that. But anyways, I've been talking on so much here. You didn't come here for me to jibber jabber. You came here to get the golden nuggets on a book today. And uh, you want to learn how to build resilience, help you create your eight. So today we're talking about payoff, the hidden logic that shapes our motivations by Dan Ariely. Ariely works for me. I'm not really too sure how to pronounce his last name, but Dan Ariely, he's a, a professor, Duke professor of psychology and behavioral economics at Duke University. And he's the founder of the Center for Advanced Hindsight and co-founder of Kama B-Works. So he's a very intelligent individual. And he wrote this book, which is all about understanding the logic of motivation, how it works. Motivation's key. You need to be motivated. And I, I went on this tangent not that long ago about Jocko Willink and uh, Mel Robbins, who said that motivation was BS. I completely disagree with them. They don't understand what motivation is. Motivation is that salt in the water. It's a catalyst to help get you to a boil faster. It's not going to actually help you get from point A to point B, but it's going to help speed things up. It's going to help you get started faster. It's a little catalyst. That's all. But the key with motivation is understanding how to use it, understanding what motivation is, and understanding what true motivation is. How are you going to get yourself truly motivated from today, tomorrow, and onwards in the future? That's what this book's about, and that's what I want to bring to you. The one thing with this book, and again, it's one of the reasons why I created the show in the first place, is because there's not a lot of depth to the book. And that's no slight on Dan. It's no slight on Dan. The book had to be written because it provided a good stimulus to people who wanted to learn a little bit more about motivation. It's a little thin in depth in terms of uh, what you're going to get from it. But I think what you're going to get from it is a key insight or two or three that I think could actually reshape how you think about motivation and maybe reshape how you focus on moving from point A to point B or focus on how you create your eight. So anyways... Why don't we crack right into this one? Again, this book is Payoff, The Hidden Logic That Shapes Our Motivations by Dan Ariely. Golden nugget number one. So what do we got here? This right here, for anybody who's going through the Create Your Eight method right now and you're working with me, you know the very first module in Create Your Eight is purpose. Motivation is the result of several factors, but a sense of purpose Tops the list. That's golden nugget number one. Why do you do what you do? Why do you get up in the morning? Far too many of us are waking up in the morning because we have to go to work. We have to get a paycheck. That paycheck comes in. It pays for our life, pays for our, you know, our mortgage, our, our car, our insurance, whatever. It pays for our social life. And that's why we work. That is a really crappy way to go through life. And you might say, well, Ryan, what, what's my other option? What's my other option? Your other option is to find purpose in the work that you're doing. If you don't find purpose, if all you're doing is working for a paycheck, then you got to find a new line of work. Oh, Ryan, that's easier said than done. I have kids. I have bills. I have debt. I understand that. That's real life. But I always argue that you have to fight for that side hustle. You got to look for something else in your life that brings purpose to you. What is your purpose? And when it comes to work, a paycheck is not enough. You spend 40 hours a week, 40 hours plus. If you're working part-time, you're spending 20 hours a week plus. That's a whole bunch of time on something for just a payoff. It's not good enough. And you might say, well, Ryan, the way I justify it is I say, listen, 
The money that I make from this fuels my happiness because now I can support my children. I can support my family. I can save up for a vacation. And those, those are the things that add purpose to my life. My family, my kids, my hobbies, my spare time. Yes, that's true. Your family is a source of purpose. Your hobbies are absolutely a source of purpose. Your community contributions are absolutely a sense of purpose. I don't disagree with that. But don't give focus and attention to that purpose while ignoring the big one, which is the one you spend a whole bunch of time on 40 plus hours a week, your work. Just because it's hard, it doesn't mean that you can't find purpose in it. So one of the things Dan says is that people are motivated by many things and foremost among them is meaning. Just take a struggling young fashion designer who does everything herself from designing the garment to making the pattern to sewing the final product. She works 18 hours a day and is stressed beyond belief, but she sticks to it for her because this is meaningful work. Now, when I talked about in a previous episode of Flow with Mihai Chixit Mihai, we talk about the process of flow. How do you get into flow? I think it's very hard to get into flow if you don't find meaning in your work, if you don't find purpose. And that's what I'm after. And I'll tell you, for so many years, just recently, maybe just realistically, I gotta say, maybe the last like few years, I've started to find purpose in my work. And now... With Create Your Eight, now I found true purpose in my work. That's what I love doing. I've spent so many years focused on marketing and sales and product development, strategy, and did all that stuff. It was for the paycheck, right? It was for the paycheck, and I got I got compensated very well for that. But did I find true meaning in my work? Not really. I was proud of what I did because I was very good at what I did. But it didn't really satisfy me to the core it was just work it was a means of getting paid I had fun doing it I love the fact that people enjoyed working with me but it wasn't meaningful work I didn't feel like I was leaving a legacy when I talk about create your eight that's the product of me constantly thinking like is this my purpose is this fulfilling to me is this truly something that I wake up in the morning and say I need to spend more time on this Is this something that first thing in the morning when I wake up my eyes open I say I gotta get out of bed and I gotta do this Or is it just I wake up and I'm like, all right, I got to do this today. When I found Create Your Eight, I knew that was my purpose. When I was doing sales and marketing training and what have you, I woke up and I was like, it's just things I got to do today. That's it. It's got to go through the motions. That's not what I'm after. And that's not what you're after. I'm kind of going a little bit of a long tangent here, but the long story here or the long story short is you got to continue to ask yourself this question. What is my purpose? Is it what I'm doing now? How can I find purpose in what I'm doing? And if I can't, if it's just a paycheck, I need to look elsewhere. I need to start a side hustle. I need to find something that gives me purpose. And I don't know what that is yet, but I need to look for it. You're not going to know what it is. But open your mind up to possibilities and the possibilities will come to you. I know that sounds fluffy, but it's not. It's the reticular activating system in your brain that's getting activated, that's starting to look for opportunities now for things that might get you excited, that might fulfill you at a deeper, deeper level. So when you're talking about purpose, the last thing I want to talk about here is there's purpose and happiness. That example there where the, the uh, fashion designer, she was working 18 hours and she might not have been having a lot of fun doing it. She maybe wasn't happy 
completely, but she was finding meaning in her work. Why? Because it was tedious. It was hard. It was a grind. Right? But she did it still because she found it meaningful. And there's a difference between meaningful work and work that makes you happy or something that makes you happy and something that fulfills you at a deeper level. Happiness, I can sit on the beach and drink pina coladas all day long and I'll be happy. But only for a short period of time. That'll get boring eventually. When it gets boring, I'm going to stop doing it because it's not fulfilling. It's not meaningful work. There's times where I'm grinding hours on end and it's hard work, but I'll tell you at the end of the day, I feel a sense of accomplishment and that's the biggest thing. So when I think about the work that I'm doing, am I feeling a sense of accomplishment? Is it hard work? Yes, it's hard work. Do I find that I'm leaving a legacy with it? Yes. Is it something I'm enjoying doing? Yes. A lot of times I am, sometimes I'm not, but it's fulfilling and that's what I'm after. And that's what I'm trying to get you to get after. And that's what Dan wants you to get after. All right. If you're trying to find motivation, you got to find that meaningful work. That's the key thing here. And again, purpose is everything. We've talked about this also in a previous episode with, um, oh, what was her name? Oh, I forgot. She was the top golden nugget for 2018 as well. How could I forget this book? Hold on a second. I'm going to find it. It was a fantastic book. And I really love it. And it was one of her key pieces to living a meaningful life. Ah, there you go. The Power of Meaning by Emily Esfahani Smith, episode 103. She has four pieces that make up a meaningful life. Belonging, transcendence, storytelling, and purpose. So it's a common theme. These people know what they're talking about. I know what I'm talking about. Try to look for your purpose. Golden nugget number two. So this is, this is an interesting one. Dan believes very, well, actually, golden nugget number two is working towards goals you can achieve is highly motivating. So he uses the example in here of the, the Greek myth of Sisyphus. And Sisyphus was an individual who was essentially, I don't want, what's the word? He was uh, condemned or cursed, for example, of a task that had no end. He would have to push a boulder up a hill. And you probably heard about Sisyphus from Jocko Willink at the end of one of my podcast episodes here. You probably heard the story. Well, Sisyphus pushed the boulder up the hill. And as soon as he reached the top of the hill, that boulder would come down. He has to go back down. He has to push it up. And he was condemned to eternity to do this. He didn't feel like he was achieving anything, Sisyphus, but he had to do this. Achievement, feeling like you're achieving something is a key to help keep you motivated. So again, now you're talking about create your eight module number two is all about goals. And a big piece about goals is what? Smart goals. What does the A stand for? Achievable. So one of the things we always get wrong so often, we think about goals. We think about um, setting big, audacious goals that maybe scare us a little bit, that get us excited. We're excited about the vision. We're excited about where it goes. But is it achievable? Last episode, we talked about setting baby steps. Remember Bill Murray, baby steps? By the way, thank you so much for all you guys who remembered what that show was. What about Bob? And it's shocking how many of you love that show, or love that movie. What about Bob? It's hilarious. But I was talking about baby steps. Setting goals that are achievable is what's going to keep you motivated. Why? Because you get that sense of, of accomplishment. You get that dopamine rush from accomplishing something. So you want to stay motivated, set goals for yourself. Yes, but make sure they're achievable. 
Easy point. Very easy to remember, right? You want to set you want to set goals. Make sure they're specific. They're measurable. They're achievable. They're realistic, relevant, and they're time bound. Okay, but don't forget about the achievable piece. That's a key piece here. And there really isn't too much to share here. I mean, Dan shares a story here about uh, his engineers where he got them to create a whole bunch of uh, Lego uh, robots. He put a whole bunch of Lego in front of them and said, I want you to build robots. They built these robots up over time. What did he do? He went over there and Dan being the jerk that he is. I'm just kidding. I love Dan. He takes the blocks apart and he tells the engineers to go do it again. They say, all right, fine. So they go ahead and they do it again. There were two groups of people. Engineers who loved the task and engineers who didn't love the task. The engineers who didn't love the task, they find they found no 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 reason to keep going. They didn't find a sense of achievement, so they stopped. The people that loved the task kept going. But Dan just kept breaking the blocks apart. Eventually, they stopped too. Because they felt like they weren't achieving anything anymore. It was just an endless task. They didn't feel like they were achieving anything, so they just stopped. And I found that very, very interesting. Because it's just, what are you doing every single day? Are you just going through the motions? Are you just taking action because you feel like it's just, you have to be busy, you have to be doing something? Or are you working towards achieving something? The takeaway here is essentially, make sure you have a goal. Make sure you got something that you're working towards. Make sure that it's very specific. And when you achieve it, you're going to feel a sense of accomplishment. You're going to get that dopamine rush. Life's going to be good and you're going to want to set better goals. And the more you achieve, the higher your, your, your level of tenacity will become, the more focused you'll be on your goals, and the more apt you'll be to continue moving down that path. Pretty simple. So achievement is the key to motivation, but we also know that there's another big driver to motivation. It's ownership and effort. And that leads us to golden nugget number three. Effort and a sense of ownership helps to keep you motivated. So let me ask you this question. If you are making a cake, you're making a cake from a packet, right? Or you make the cake from scratch, right? You go ahead, you mix the powder up, whatever it is. I'm not a baker, so I don't know what the heck I'm talking about here, but follow me for a second. You're making a cake, which one do you feel a sense of accomplishment from? From making the little package or making it from scratch yourself? Well, if you're a Neanderthal like me who doesn't know what to do in the kitchen, from a baking perspective, I can cook a mean lasagna. Get out of here. I'm Italian. Come on. I'm drinking I'm drinking espresso and San Pellegrino water. Get out of here. Of course I'm Italian. But uh, I can make a mean pasta. But baking, I have no idea. Anyways, what am I going on this tangent for? It's unreal. So <laughs> when I'm talking about baking, where do you feel a greater sense of accomplishment? Making it from the package or making it from scratch? I'd argue making it from scratch. But again, if you're me, maybe you're just happy making it from a package. But making it from scratch, there's more effort involved. It's more tedious, requires more patience, more focus, a little bit more love. And so Dan argues that's the kind of stuff that you need to be pouring more energy into because that's going to give you a sense of accomplishment. The more effort you put into into it, the more ownership you take of it, that's what's going to keep you motivated, tasks like that. And I find that very interesting. And so he has another story here where he had two groups of people, one group he gave them very specific instructions on how to build very specific origami um, swans, for example. Very specific instructions how to do that. The second group, he gave them very confusing instructions, instructions they didn't quite understand. Both groups went at it. When they both finished, he asked them, 
you know, from uh, a level of like one to 10, how satisfied were you with the task? How, how much did you enjoy the task? Did you feel a sense of accomplishment? The people that had the step-by-step kind of instructions, they thought it was fun, but they didn't really f- feel a sense of accomplishment. The people that had to struggle through it, they had, a little, they had to put a little bit more effort. They had to put a little bit more thought into it. They found a greater sense of accomplishment. They loved that task even more accomplishing it gave them a greater sense of satisfaction. I did this myself. It was confusing. It was hard, but I did it. That's what Dan's trying to go after here. So again, the tasks that you put more effort into will actually be more motivating. And it seems kind of backwards, doesn't it? Where you think, listen, if I can accomplish something faster and easier, then it's going to be more motivating for me, right? Apparently not. Apparently not. The more you have to focus on something, the more concentration you have to put on something, the harder you work on something, you're going to find a greater sense of accomplishment in that. What do you think? Do you agree with that? I agree with that. And so it's very interesting to think about motivation from all these different perspectives. uh, perspectives. And that to me was an interesting one where the more effort I put into something, the more motivated I am to keep going on it. And that's true, right? Building a business, building a product, building a service, building a customer base, right? building a movement, building a show. I'm more motivated to do this show because I've spent so much time and effort in this. Of course, there's so many different layers to motivation. I find purpose in this because it connects with all of you. I've talked to so many of you on the phone last week and texting you on, on Instagram or on text message or whatever. There's a sense of purpose in there. Right? There's a sense of achievement. Every time I launch an episode and I have an opportunity to talk with all of you, there's a sense of achievement. Right? This is something that takes a lot of effort. Something I take great ownership in. Cool. I guess this is why I'm so motivated to do this. But there's one more piece, one more piece to this motivation thing that I think is really key to pay attention to. And it's golden nugget number four, which is internal and external uh, factors. Dan argues that the best motivators come from within and I agree with him at a very young age a very very young age no I wasn't that young get out of here maybe what was I I was maybe 21 21 I'm 22 right now so get out of here everyone's watching this they're like you're not 22 get out of here listen if I start wearing my hat sideways I could totally be 22 years old what if I actually came on the show like that wearing my hat sideways like this what would you say what would you think about me just I know what you think about me Starts with a D and ends with a bag. That's what it sounds like. But anyways, so I'm not, I'm not 21. But when I was 21, I thought that happiness was all about money. An external factor. I was so wrong. Money has nothing to do with happiness. It doesn't. And it takes you some time for you to realize this. It does. It took me forever to figure this out. That money doesn't make me happy. Yes, money fuels certain aspects of my life that make me happy, but not truly. It's purpose. Purpose is what makes me happy. Purpose is what motivates me. I worked really crappy jobs. I worked in crappy organizations where I got paid a lot of money. I worked in really bad cultures where I got paid a ton of money. Didn't like it. I was probably at my least happiest point in my life. I got paid less money to do meaningful work and I was way happier. That's the key. Your motivation doesn't come from external or doesn't come from external factors. It comes from internal factors. And we shouldn't rely on external forces like money to foster long-term motivation. So what are you doing that's giving you that internal self-satisfaction? 
Are you giving back to your community? Are you contributing to people's lives? When it comes to purpose, again, we've covered this in module number one of Create Your Eight. A big piece to purpose is giving. What are you giving to somebody? What are you giving to a culture? What are you giving to a community? What are you giving to people? Giving is what gives you that sense of purpose. It's what gives you that internal motivation to wake up in the morning, to put in those 18-hour days, to give more of yourself than you previously thought possible. This is why people love having kids because kids give them a sense of purpose. I talk about this all the time. Kids give people a sense of purpose because you have to take care of your kid. You have to feed them, clothe them, protect them, give them shelter. But when it comes to kids, what happens when the kids fly away and they get out of the nest? You got empty nest syndrome and all of a sudden your sense of purpose is gone. You have to find multiple sense of you have to find multiple sources of purpose. Not just one, but kids are a great sense of are a great source of purpose. Absolutely, because you're giving so much to them. You're giving them advice. You're giving them shelter, you're giving them clothing, you're giving them food, you're giving them guidance, giving them lessons. You're giving, 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 giving. What else can you give to in your life? Think about that stimulus for a little bit. And this whole episode, this whole episode is not designed for you to come away from this and say, wow, I know exactly what my purpose is. I know what motivates me. You're not going to come away from this podcast episode with clarity on what your purpose is, on what's going to motivate you. What this is going to do is going to plant that seed in your brain. I want you to foster that seed constantly thinking about it over and over again, asking yourself a question, moving in one direction, testing it, learning, figuring out it's not a purpose. Get rid of it. Start something new. Plant a new seed. Okay, that seed grows. It grows. It grows. Is it something that's going to give you purpose? Ah, it's not. Cool. Rip it out. Get rid of it. Start something new. Is this going to give you purpose? That's the process of life, everyone. Like, that's, that's the process that I go through, that I went through, that I'm going through right now. That's how I got to create your eight. Now, people don't know this about me, but... I'll give you a quick skinny in terms of a quick skinny. I don't know if that means anything to you guys. I'll give you a quick synopsis of where I've essentially been to in my life, my constant discovery of purpose. I went through university and college for, for um, creative stuff like uh, advertising, public relations, you know, journalism, broadcast production, radio, all that stuff. I went through school. I thought that was what's going to give me purpose. I didn't think about purpose at the time. But then I realized my deeper purpose was to share knowledge. So I started writing for, um, you know, a national publication, very large publication, started writing for them for about, I wrote for them for about seven, eight years. And um, I thought that's what gave me purpose, right? It didn't give me purpose. It gave me uh, an inflated sense of ego because now I was writing and people were talking to me and I figured, you know, my sense of purpose is making money, making money, building a big business. And it wasn't, I built a big consultancy for myself, right? I didn't have a whole bunch of employees, but it kept me very busy. And I was doing a lot of traveling and that was fun. I was working with some great clients, doing some great problems, but that wasn't it. So after a while, I decided I need some more knowledge. So I got some good mentors and I figured, you know what? Leveling up, learning new skills, that was my key. So I got some new mentors. You know, some of them, I've mentioned them on the podcast before. Chet Holmes was one of them. Jay Abraham was another. And working with them. And I figured, you know, my sense of purpose was to get stronger, better. Uh, working with um, the chief product invent inventor from Procter & Gamble. Learning how to develop new products, services. It was great. It was fun. 
but it didn't fulfill my sense of purpose. So I started to think about a new products or new new things. So I created new products and created a new line called Advice for Life. Then I cut that out. I started something new. I created the Growth Network. That was fantastic. Grew and then I cut that out. And then uh, I started to do this podcast. I started to do other shows. I started to look at shows. And then I started this show. And now I found a sense of purpose. I was like, okay, I'm getting on my path here. And then I started to learn a little bit more about resilience and. Then I was like, wow, this is amazing. And as I learned a little more about sales and marketing, I got very specific in terms of the niches that I realized were absolutely critical to helping companies grow. And I focused, instead of on all this sales and marketing, on a few aspects of sales and marketing that I knew very well and I knew would drive growth. So I did that. And now I create your eight. I'm on to create your eight. That whole process of me looking for something took like 12 to 15 years. No, not 15 years maybe like 12 years, 10 to 12 years. It takes time. And I tell you that that kind of crappy story, that kind of like just little timeline of my life to show you that this stuff doesn't come overnight. So don't stop. Don't get discouraged. Don't think that if it doesn't come to me overnight or this week or this month, that I don't know what my purpose is. I'll never figure it out. You will figure it out. You just got to keep exploring, keep testing. Yes, you'll explore something. You'll feel like you failed, but you didn't fail. You learned a lesson. And that's the takeaway I want you to learn from this. In your constant search for what motivates you, you got to go back to the basics. You got to do what Dan shares with us and look at the key aspects of motivation. So again, I know so many of you, you love it when I, when I kind of go over the golden nuggets from, from the episode. So that's what we're going to do. Every single week, I'm going to do that because I know a lot of you like to reiterate. So again, we're going over this. One of the first things, golden nugget number one, motivation is about finding purpose. Goal the nugget number two, motivation is all about making things achievable, finding achievable goals. Goal the nugget number three, make sure that you're finding something that you can pour your energy into, pour your, 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 your effort into, because the things that you put more effort into are going to be more rewarding to you. That's golden nugget number three. And of course, golden nugget number four, the best motivators come from within, internal reasons, not external, not money, not, e- not things that, 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 that drive your ego. Okay, this is a very important topic because so many of us think that motivation is garbage, but it's not garbage. We just need to think and understand what motivation is. So again, I thank Dan for creating this book. Again, this book is Payoff, The Hidden Logic That Shapes Our Motivations. And again, it's by Dan Ariely. Feel free to pick it up if you want to read into it. But again, like I said, the book is a little bit shallow. It doesn't really provide too much detail to us, but it provides just enough golden nuggets, enough little seeds, little stimulus to help spur on some new thoughts. And in the end, that's what we're trying to do every episode here. So that's a wrap, my friends. That is the book for this week. So thank you so much for tuning in. If you love this episode, if you found some sort of value, and even if it's just one golden nugget, do me a favor. Go on your phone, go online, and uh, rate and review the show, especially if you're listening on an iPhone or you're listening through iTunes. Go to the podcast app, go to shows, go to the Cut the Crap show, and give me a ranking. Five stars would uh, definitely mean a lot to me. Also, don't forget to uh, connect with me on LinkedIn, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Don't forget to, to uh, subscribe to the YouTube channel as well. You can kind of see what's going on here behind the scenes, especially if you've been listening for a long time. And I know a lot of you have been listening. Uh, so don't forget to do that. Uh, also, little call to action here. I don't do calls to action for this very often. But I really should because um, it's driving a lot of change in people's lives. And for the most part, I've just... People have been coming to me and it's been keeping me busy, but this might completely screw me over and I might have to tell some of you that I can't do it because I'm going to be too busy, but I got to put it out there for some of you who don't know about this. Create Your 8 is a method that I'm using to 
drive people to a consistent level of happiness, of resilience, of helping them deal with their stresses. It's 40 modules. Every single week, you and I, we get on Skype, and for one hour, the first half hour, what I do is I run you through the module. The next half hour, I work with you on helping you populate your module, help you build your roadmap to resilience. At the same time, I inject my expertise in leadership coaching and cognitive behavioral therapy, sales, marketing, product development, especially if you run a business. If you're looking to build a side hustle, I also inject that into there. But my number one objective is to help you create your eight every day, where if you wake up in the morning at a five, I don't want you to go down to a four, I don't want you to go down to a three. I want you to have the right coping strategies, have the right tools, have the methods for you personally to help you create your eight on a regular basis. Because our day is a roller coaster, baby. You wake up at a five, you know, you listen to a good piece of music, you work out, you have a good breakfast, you're at a seven, you go to work, all of a sudden you get a bad email, you're down to a three. Great, how do you pick yourself back up? How do you get yourself up to a four, to a five, six, seven, eight? Right, then all of a sudden, you know, you get into an argument with a, with a coworker or your spouse, and all of a sudden, you drop back down. How do you bring yourself back up? You have to know how to do that. You have to know how to control your brain. You gotta know how to train your brain, and that's what Create Your Eight is all about. So if you're interested in learning the Create Your Eight method, send me an email. Just go to ryancalajuri.com, go to the cutthecrapshow.com, and uh, go to the Contact Us form, and uh, just put in a form there. Tell me you're interested in Create Your Eight. We can get on the phone, and I can see if it's right for you. And we could talk about it. And it's awesome, you know, um, last, last little while, we just finished a whole bunch of tests with Create Your Eight, and uh, every single time I do it, I learn so much more. I enhance the modules, they get stronger and stronger, and right now they're at a point where I'm just so proud of them. I'm so proud of the achievements that we're getting through it every single week, and uh, it's really just, it's given me new purpose in life, it's helping me understand what my legacy will be on this planet, and it means so much to me. And if you think you can't afford it, then at least for the, the most part, just reach out to me. We'll see what we can do. You know, for me, it's, it's, it's not so much about money as it is helping drive change in people's lives. I mean, this is what this show is about, and that's what I'm trying to do every single day. So that's my long call to action there. Also, one more call to action. You got to support my baby sister. Get out there, support my baby sister. She has her own podcast. She's absolutely brilliant. She's a, a neuroscientist with Mount Sinai Hospital in New York City, and she has her own podcast called The People's Scientist, where every single week she's doing her part to condense not golden nuggets from books, but she's breaking down the golden nuggets from all the research papers, all the studies she's doing, and she's trying to help you become smarter when it comes to your health, when it comes to your brain health, when it comes to just your overall health, your overall fitness. She's an absolute brainiac, so give that girl a follow and uh, follow her podcast and uh, give her a rating, give her a review, give her a follow on Instagram and uh, let her know you found her through the show. But in any case, my friends, that is a wrap for today, so thank you once again for tuning in. Always means a lot to me, and thank you to all of you who reached out to me last week, worried about me, and uh, were giving me um, uh, positive words to uh, help me get through the week when I was going through some pain with my back. So again, just means a lot to me, and feel free to reach out. I'll have to give you guys all a shout out uh, next week on the show for all you who reach out to me this week. But anyways, have a fantastic, productive, inspired week, everybody. I love you all. How do you stay motivated and how do you motivate people when they start to slack? Now, motivation is its kind of a strange word because it doesn't really mean what we think it means. We think it means that we're fired up to do something.
We think that it means we're eager and passionate to make something happen. And we think that somehow we should just be able to turn on that eagerness and turn on that passion. But we can't. Because you just can't turn on passion. You can't just turn on the desire to execute a task. This doesn't work that way. And honestly, that isn't even what motivate means. Motivate doesn't mean to yell and scream and encourage. No. To motivate actually means to provide a motive, a reason why. So to motivate someone is to explain to them why they're doing what they're doing, how it will help them, where it'll take them, why they should continue to work and to struggle and to fight. And when you need motivation yourself, don't look for someone to scream and yell. Don't look for someone else to give you motivation. Look at yourself. Look at yourself and remind yourself why. Why you are doing what you are doing. Remind yourself that this struggle, this temporary pain, this fight, this fight that you're in, this is what will make you stronger, and faster, and smarter, and better. Forge.